Hey everybody, welcome to the How To Dad podcast. My name is Evan Pearson. We are live on Mixer. Today is July 31st, 2019. My voice is a little off this morning. I don't know why. I also woke up with a pinch in my shoulder that is really uncomfortable. We had our episode last week and we talked about raising resilient children. And that was stage three. So there's a, that's a three-part series there. And in that, we talk about the factors of resiliency for children five to nine. Today's episode is going to be about the same age bracket of the child as we discuss the developmental milestones for, for those children. Each week, guys, I bring you tips and tricks for parenting, adulting, and life as a whole. And share my tools from my figurative toolbox with you to help you better help you be better equipped for life's great adventure the how to dad podcast is owned and hosted by myself devin pierce and is licensed under creative commons attribution non-commercial share alike 4.0 the international license has all rights reserved reserved i feel like they might cut that off the first time Currently, we're available for all audio listeners on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If there's another audio service you would like to hear us on, let me know. So, today's reading material will be the exact same bounce back book that we used for last week. I just wanted to emphasize the milestones a little bit more, so I decided that they deserve their own episode. So in the last four or five pages of the book, under the additional information section, we'll also be using this a bit as partial reference for episode 20. Just again, those... This book is provided by the Alberta Health Services. And you can go anywhere in Alberta to a parent link center and they should be able to get those for you. So when it comes to any kind of milestone, and you learn this pretty early on as a parent when they start measuring your baby's head and length and weight, and they show you the little chart with all the lines and the dots that mean something to somebody. But what you learn out of this experience really early on in parenting is that we have a general idea as to what good, proper health growth is. However, these things are not set in stone. So every child does develop differently. And there are many factors which influence how and when a child will reach different milestones. So what we're going to talk about today is just a guideline. If you feel your child or children are falling behind, you should talk to your healthcare professional. Development is broken down by Alberta Health Services into four categories. You have your physical growth, emotional, social, the understanding of the world around them, as well as their ability to communicate and listen. The speech and language. For today's episode, we're going to spit out a bunch of facts 
and then I'll put my own two cents in here and there. Under each category, we will break those down into the ages of five, six to seven, and eight to nine. At age five, we're gonna start there and work our way up. The physical category, your five-year-olds should start being proud of their physical skills and abilities. However, they are still prone to falling or risking themselves getting injured because they don't understand their limitations. This is also the age bracket where children start to be really good at climbing things, sliding, even skipping rope if you are experiencing that or exposing them to that. Uh, walking on their toes and the ability to jump forward, which as an adult seems like a really silly milestone, but is one of those super crucial physical development things. Getting kids to jump up and down is good too, but they need to break that barrier and understand they can jump themselves forward. Just like children who skip over the crawling stage, I've heard some doctors will suggest that you get your child, teach your child to crawl, even if they go from not to walking, just so they have that skill set. So don't overlook anything. All those. All the things you can do are important to learn. At age, by age five or in their fifth year, a child will also be able to throw a ball overhand. Counter to that, well, that's a great skill to develop. They also will have poor balance. And you'll see a lot of kids when they really try to throw a bar, ball overhand really hard, all over. When your child is coloring or practicing writing, they should be able to display a good level of control in holding or using a writing tool and should be able to, with a little bit of encouragement, to color in between the lines. I can tell you right now that uh, my oldest boy could not color in the lines when he started school or just chose not to, but it was never really a skill we practiced or encouraged. Like, oh, you know, you should color in the lines, but whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't a priority. However, apparently that is something that they look at. The more you know. When it comes to emotional, social, you have Children are going to be mostly concerned about their family unit, but still looking forward to making new friends. This is also the time in their lives where they've begun to learn the rules and acceptable behaviors of the world outside of home, not just the ones in the home. When the child becomes tired because, well, they're a child, they will start to exhibit a mixed bag of emotions, can be clingy, bossy, or all over the world with a variety of emotions, simply because they're tired and their brain is having difficulty regulating them. And that's actually a good thing. That is a milestone. That the fact that the brain understands all these emotions and can portray them, but because of exhaustion, can't accurately do so. It's just a really important 
psychological thing for your kids. So now they will have also become more independent and in control of their own behavior. And what's meant by that is like, when they go and break something, they made a decision to break something. It's not just, oh, whoops, because they're not a baby anymore. They are mentally developed enough, typically speaking, to understand that they should or shouldn't do stuff. Not all things, but this is where they get that behavioral understanding as part of their natural independent growth. This next one I kind of laughed at, but supposedly a five-year-old is going to develop a better understanding of logic and start giving fewer arguments or tantrums when interacting with an adult. I feel like five is a little young for that for most kids. Um, a lot of them are still struggling with emotional management which we've talked in a few other episodes. But hey, that's a suggested milestone. At this age is when they are able to share and to feel empathy for other people. Again, something that we've talked a lot about in previous episodes. This is also the point in time where they start noticing differences between boys and girls. And for most children, they'll actually show a distinct preference for playing with members of the same gender, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. This section is very much up to interpretation. At this age, emotional development is slow and sporadic at best. So even though one day your kid might hit all these types of milestones or exceed them, the next day they might be nowhere near them. Kids are messy, and that includes upstairs, you know. That takes us up over to the understanding of the world around them. Understanding the world and the differences within them is one of those first key aspects. So knowing that there is a world is one of those first breakthroughs in understanding. And that there are different places and different people is one of those ones that they start to develop. Children of this age may be able to state some family values or have an understanding that those might be different in different homes. This is an easier concept for them to grasp once they start going to school and interacting with children of different ethnicities, ethnicities say, or different religious backgrounds but it can happen at any point in time. Children of this age will also prefer rules. This is due to the structure or the order of things that's provided by them. Then you have, they understand space, personal space, the room, that kind of thing, and time. But they won't be able to tell time at this point. They'll also be able to group things by shape and color as well as size being able to organize objects is a prelude to being able to organize one's thoughts and is really crucial towards their personal development later on at this point in time your child should be able to be at least coached if not able to do on their own drawing a person with a head a body 
limbs, or even a face featuring eyes, nose, or mouth. Preferably all of the things in one time, but, you know. My son always liked drawing Cyclopses. Every single picture when he was that age was a one-eyed person. I don't know what that was about. And he was just like, he only needs one eye. Okay. <laughs> By age five, your child should also be able to uh, name and match up most colors. And is likely going to know most of the letters of the alphabet, but still won't have the ability to read words yet. The big thing about your child's understanding of things is that this is going to be entirely based off of what they've been exposed to. If you haven't worked on their ABCs, obviously they aren't going to know what their ABCs are because you haven't taught them. So if there's an area that I mentioned here or a skill set that your child seems like they're not quite there yet, it just means you got to focus on a little bit more, give them more practice, right? Practice will never make you perfect. Practice will just get you better. Just had to throw that in there. So the fourth segment of development is the speech and language or communication. While children of this age may be able to communicate pretty good, they may still have difficulty explaining more complex events or ideas. They may also forget important parts of the story or just like completely not even bring it up. Complex instructions also may still be difficult for a child of this age where if it takes a f more than a few steps or if you ask them to do multiple things at one time, that, those are what I mean by complex. It's not like it's rocket science, but it's like, you know, Close your door, get the get your shoes off, hang your coat up, get ready for a bath, and come down for dinner. Also, the last two don't really make sense, but if you give them too much things to do, or too many things to do, I should say, and or if you give them a difficult task to do, they may get lost along the way somewhere. Children going to school will start utilizing terms they have learned at school, most of them being offensive or unsuitable for children at that age. Um, the children should speak clearly and make conversation about everyday things, describing them and their function, such as a knife is used for cutting. A knife is a... I don't even know how to describe a knife. A knife is like a stick, but it's thin at one end, and it goes choppy, 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 choppy. I don't know. Telling stories or giving short talks to other children at school, such as show and tell. That's another skill set for the children at age five. Showing an interest in listening to stories. Recite. 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 Or sing rhymes and stories. Also, they should enjoy, at this point in time, learning jokes or riddles. My kid's big favorite joke is the interrupting cow joke from the movie Home. 
they use all sorts of different animals and sounds and just use the same joke over and over again. Gets to be a bit much. A few weeks ago on our RCS episode, I mentioned when discussing exposure parenting, how we as a family deal with, quote, offensive or unsuitable words. Um, this book offers an additional suggestion to replace those words with something else. Which is actually something I do myself, and I'm pretty sure you guys will have heard it on the podcast. Uh, when I say things like shit-talking mushrooms or fornicating fudgesicles, obviously those ones are pretty much the same words, so probably could still be replaced with something less offensive and more suitable when you're dealing with kids. But, you know, redirect them. To more age-appropriate terminology. Oh no, no, honey, you want to say poop, or you want to say fudge, or oh my, I don't know. My kids know when they're allowed to swear when they're not. If it's not in a song, shh. <laughs> so, jumping up into ages six to seven, the physical aspect at this age is. They strengthen the physical ability, which is able to do, which may make it so they are able to do things such as a, a handstand or throw a ball, like hard throw a ball. And this is also the age bracket where they should be learning or have learned to ride a two-wheeled bike without training wheels, and to ride it fast. That's how they show that they've strengthened their physical ability. Ages six to seven, they'll be full of energy. And they should be able to draw a picture of a house with details such as a tree in the yard or a sky with clouds and birds and you know, taking it up that notch. Not just a box with a, a box for a window, but like looks like a scene of the front of your house or apartment building or maybe their dream house if you live in an apartment building and they want something more. Children at this age is these ages, six to seven, are going to start showing a really good skill set in climbing and swimming because it takes the additional coordination of all four limbs versus just walking, which is just your legs, or just throwing the ball, which is just using your arms, right? Also, ages six to seven is when they suggest you teach your children to tie their own shoes and that they should accomplish that skill set by age seven. This is also the age where your children will develop specific skill sets for specific sports. Sports, sports, sports. Sports, that's better. Specific skill sets for specific sports. Such as uh, batting, dribbling, or kicking a ball. This is the age bracket where my oldest boy is right now. But I can tell you right now, he can't tie shoelaces. But again, this is coming down to the exposure. I've never bought him shoes with laces, so why would he need to learn how to tie shoes? I haven't taken the time to teach him, so of course he doesn't know it. 
kind of reiterating that whole you need to teach them some of these skills and it's great to have it as a benchmark but if you've never started them how can they win the race right emotional social children at this age can now relate to the outside world at school and with friends as social skills increase amongst themselves they're able to engage in group rules and behaviors with their peers. Uh, they also may start to stereotype or label the opposite gender. I would say this is more of a how you raise them thing. And in today's society, kind of something that we really push not to let happen we don't want our children to be labeling and stereotyping each other in a negative context so i feel like having this as as a milestone not really the best one i'm sure they could have put something else there but just so you know at this age it is normal for your child to start the stereotyping and labeling process especially when it comes to the opposite gender this is also the age where they are going to be uh, sharing in activities and expressing enjoyment in having the company of others. They'll also be really enthusiastic about winning a game, but are probably still going to be really sore losers. And that is a teaching opportunity that you, the parent, need to jump on and encourage your child to not be a sore loser. Just an FYI. And my most favorite part of this age, they may tell lies or steal as they are still developing right from wrong and lack a con understanding of the consequences for their actions. Lying is a terribly tricky situation to deal with and I have not yet tried any suggested, any suggestions with regards to teaching your kids the importance of being honest that has had a consistent positive result. My biggest suggestion to you is to try many different things and use repetition to repeatedly stress the importance of honesty to your children. Additionally, if there is a role model or an adult in your child's lives who is a compulsive liar, they're going to learn that behavior too. And for whatever reason, just like when people learn a new language, they always learn the bad words first. We as a species tend to learn the bad habits first. If your child is a persistent liar, you're going to have your work cut out for you. But it's ages five to seven where they start that, and that's where you have to nip it in the butt. The understanding of the world, children start to show an interest and even become excited about the world around them. This is where they start asking questions like, how many people live in our town? How many people live in our country? How many people live in the, do you know them all? <laughs> I always love that question. Do you know them all? Children will also start to remember many details about their specific interests. And it's a great way to show or to understand what your kids are interested in is to listen to what things they know the details of. 
thinking becomes closely linked to emotions and self-esteem. Being worried or unhappy will affect their ability to concentrate on what they're doing. Children will also show an interest in things and will enjoy testing new abilities or skills. They should be able to, at this age, also organize things from size, uh, length, or weight. Biggest to smallest, longest to shortest, heaviest to lightest. They can also understand the amount of something stays the same even if you rearrange it. I'm going to give you an example. Because I'm cool like that. Now we have three to use. So I have three coin pieces in my hand. Right? The child should be able to recognize that even though now they're in a line, there is still only two pieces in my hand. Ah, oh, nothing better than dropping stuff. Okay. Children from ages five to seven should definitely know their right from their left which is something my kids have known since they were much younger, but it was something we also really focused on teaching them at a much younger age. They will also have started to understand the concept of money. My children know that people use debit cards more than cash, at least around them. So they understand that money is on the card somehow. They don't really get it, but they know that that's kind of how it works. Um, they will also start to collect things such as rocks, stamps, or cards. And they may start to show a bit of pre-planning. Which is actually really fun when you see that in your kids. My son has never been a collector of things. He does have Pokemon cards, but he's not an insane collector of them. However, his younger sister has a rock obsession, I mean collection, but it's to the point where we have to limit how many rocks she's allowed to collect when we go places. Which I'm sure she brought back many rocks um, from our trip to the States. And the spouse even went ahead and wrote on the rocks where they came from so that she would remember. Speech and language. By age seven, your child should be speaking very clearly and easily in the language or languages you use at home. Able to express many ideas and describe complicated things. Also, your child should be able to use the correct tenses in sentences. So like past, present, future versions of words. Children at age seven will also be able to tell their own jokes or riddles. Uh, the ability to read a book on their own should be pretty much developed by age seven and also they should have the confidence in using a telephone or computer. Honestly, the last one kind of hurts me to say that. I think it's great if your kid knows how to use a phone in case of an emergency situation thing but I don't feel they need confident skills about using a computer at that same point in time that 
the way modern education is, even if you yourself aren't big on technology at home, if your kid's going to school, they're going to learn that confidence and those skill sets anyway. So you might just have to suck it up. Moving forward onto the ages eight to nine. There are four points in this book for the category of physical in this age group. However, they aren't very helpful. As I read them to you, you'll understand what I mean. Coordination and strength. Oh, sorry. Coordination, strength, and balance may vary. Should be able to catch a ball with only their hands. Fine motor skills used to write, dress, wash dishes may vary wildly. There may be noticeable differences in sizes amongst children at this age range. So basically, if they're alive and breathing between the ages of 8 and 9, they're good to go. That's kind of what I got out of that one, because there is no... Where children tend to have growth spurts and stuff, so you know, may vary, will wildly vary, should be able to. It's not a lot of set in stone definitive things to really go off of. So if you're concerned about your child's physical development between the ages of eight and nine, and talk to your healthcare professional. But essentially, as long as they are healthy and are able to do the things that they want to do, they should be good to go. The emotional social. <clears throat> Children at these ages should have the empathy to imagine what it is like to be the other person. They can now form and maintain friendships. They will like to belong to informal clubs created by the children themselves you know the boys club the girls club um that was probably my biggest thing as a kid i was always trying to make like groupings out of my friends and just i don't know that was my thing i want i want to be a part of something i guess have become independent more so from their family or parents than anything else. It's not about they are an independent person so much as they are moving away from being so tightly knit with the family. And they have a desire to be liked and accepted by them, those around them, which also puts them at greater risk of being the victims of peer pressure. Something to consider when your children are seeking further independence from the family unit is that it's a good thing. In fact, it's something you should encourage, but at the same time, also encourage maintaining the relationship with the family. It's okay to have friends, but you still need to get along with your family, right? In most cases, you do you for their understanding of the world at these ages. Children will have developed 
preferences for specific subjects in school. They're definitely going to be able to tell time They should also care about themselves, their room, their belongings, and take more responsibilities for chores. At this age, they will clearly know right from wrong. And they just, they should. It's not a, if your kid doesn't at this age, it's not a good thing. Attention spans will be increasing for nine-year-olds, and they should be able to focus on a single task for about an hour by the time they are nine. Also, by age nine, children become more aware of their body. Sadly, subsequently to that, also their body image. I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record here, but things like telling time or responsibility are learned behaviors. So if you as a role model aren't showing and teaching those skills, your children won't hit those types of milestones. Additionally, it's really scary to kind of think that children as young as age nine can become concerned about their body image because of a degree of self-awareness that they achieve at that same age. I'm gonna throw that out there. Speech and language. These ages is where children begin to fully express fairly complex ideas. They also begin to think their actions through and can explain events that have happened and why they happened, such as why they were late for school. They will be better able to describe things they have experienced and talk about their feelings or thoughts. They will now be able to use complex sentences and they should be able to read for their enjoyment. But that is definitely a preference thing. If your kid doesn't like reading, well, they're not gonna do it for fun, are they? Essentially by age nine, your children should be fully capable of conversating with an adult without straining their thought process or struggling to get things across to you. The irony in that is that I know adults that can't do this. So, like I said, these are just a guideline. Um, they're not set in stone. You, you don't have to be able to achieve these goals, but they can happen for children at any age. Maybe you have a five-year-old who can already explain really complex ideas. That's great. They're doing better than most, but it is just a guide. This is just some helpful information to hopefully put your mind at ease or make you aware possibly of something you might want to talk to a professional about. The question I have for you guys this week is entirely not related to the subject, but what animal, if you could turn into one, would you be? Bonus question. Is it the same animal you would have answered when you were five? Next week, guys, we're going to be talking about the importance of eating together as a family for episode 19. And the following week, we're going to be diving into friendships. As always, you guys can get in touch with me via Twitter or on email with... Crown Esso, 
C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, at gmail.com. And as always, down below the bridge where all the trolls live, in the comment section, if you're watching on YouTube right now. Those are also the same ways you can get in touch with me if you'd like to come onto the show to speak about a certain topic, or if you would like to become a long-term co-host. Thanks guys. I hope you learned something today. Have a good night.